On today's episode of Two Halves, we welcome on Victoria Garrick and Max Brown. Victoria is a former volleyball player at the University of Southern California. She founded the nonprofit organization The Hidden Opponent and also has her own podcast, Real Pod, which has over 2 million downloads. She has gone viral across almost all social media platforms for exposing different filters and championing young women to feel confident in their own skin. She's also an avid Swifty. Max Brown is a former quarterback who also attended USC and then finished his collegiate career at Pitt University. He has been open about his collegiate journey of highs and lows and has an amazing perspective for life after college athletics. You may have heard Max's voice watching a USC football game as he's dabbled in TV broadcasting and now works in real estate in L.A. Victoria and Max got engaged last August, so we're so grateful we got to speak with them during their wedding planning journey. They're so open about their relationship and communication. This was such an enjoyable conversation for us, and we hope you feel the same. With no further ado, we present to you Victoria and Max. I'm so excited for this episode. We have Victoria Garrick and her fiance Max with us on our two halves, a newly, well, I guess not newly engaged couple anymore, but recently engaged. When's the wedding actually? What's the official date? Well, it's a hot topic. Yeah, well, no, it's a hot topic. It's coming up. Actually, you can maybe cut this, but I'm just not putting it out there because that's smart. I just don't want all these people messaging me in excitement and then I'm going to get more She's stressed. She's big time. She's worried about the stalkers no, showing up day of. There's no stalkers. That's <laughs> not, that's not, I don't think I'm that cool. Actually, you could leave this in because this is funny, but I just, I, people get excited and I don't want the week before people like messaging me like five days, four yeah. days. Like it's going to make me so stressed. She's going to be posting like four days out. Like you'll be no. able to tell. <laughs> I was going to say, do you have like a, you need like a fake date to throw them off or something and then, you know, plan it before. But that's good on, kudos to you to know what stresses you out and what doesn't. Yeah. I, I feel like too many opinions and people, even if people are excited, like it's just too much, you know? It is totally too much. Opinions would like my biggest piece of advice is to basically like, you're doing it already, but not tell anyone anything because, I mean, you're an oversharer, as am I, but no matter what, people cannot hide their opinion on their face or like what they give you their, like I didn't tell any, I didn't show anyone my dress besides my mom and my sister because I was like, I love it. I don't need you to tell me that you saw me in something different or, you know, that that reaction that isn't what I deserve or want. (laughs) Totally. I literally almost posted like a swatch of my bridesmaid dress color just to keep people involved. You know, I I love people who follow me. I want to keep them involved. And then someone was like, don't do it. People are going to say they don't like the color. Like, you know, just do nothing. (laughs) Well, okay. So it's soon. That's all we can say that it's soon. Correct. Okay. And enjoy, I will say, enjoy every second of being engaged. Um, We had a friend, I think an older friend, tell us people love an engaged couple, a married couple, you know, not so much, you know. Oh, we don't really care. Nowadays, like, nowadays, like, we, you know, we get the smirky house, married life, you know, yeah, when you're engaged. Exactly. It's like, congrats, like, it's so exciting. So we got a few free drinks, like, right when we got engaged, but that, that waned off pretty quickly. We got to, yeah. we got to tap back into that well. 
<laughs> yeah, I know, right? Well, that's, and then you get into like the post. We stayed after our wedding in Mexico for an extended amount of time. We weren't supposed to, but we just kept pushing it back, pushing it back. And like after the sixth day of like free drinks and stuff, you're like, you're kind of just like, oh, not over it. I'll never be over getting free drinks, but you're like just yeah. worn out of the celebration. Totally. Totally. You get to, you get used to it, but yeah. we got to, we got to embrace that more. <laughs> it's, it is really fun. I will say a little note. Um, on stalking you guys. I thought that the four diamonds on the inside of your ring is like the cutest thing in the entire world. Love Big that. Number girl Love that. Here. Keep gassing me up, Alex. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's the thing with the, the ring, Vic, you know, help me like pick out the, what I say, the meat and potatoes, like the, yeah. the, the, the ticket items. But then, uh, yeah, the four diamonds on the inside, that was, it is funny too, from my standpoint, like I'm a dude, I walk into the jeweler at her, and she's like, anything else you want? And I was like, so I've been thinking like, four diamonds on the inside. And like, I'm super awkward trying to explain it. And like, I didn't know what, it, what the terms were or how to, uh, how to outline it. But luckily she, uh, she helped me out and we, we got it done. And it's, it's been a fan favorite uh, of, of the ring. It's amazing. It's the cutest thing ever. I love that it's on the inside. It's like just for you to have and see, but also you both are number four, which I, you know, love a good number. I know. Play on here. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. The, the details are, are crucial and they make a big difference in the long run. So Super cool. Um, yeah, so let's do this. So we're going to play a little game of how well do you know your partner? It'll be a simple game, no pressure, easy. Uh, we want it to be hard, advance. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. so it's three yeah. questions, not not too difficult, but just want to get you guys comfortable. I literally <laughs> just stopped holding my hand because <laughs> it's game on. Game on. Sweating, sweating, yeah. This is 100%. too athlete for you. 100%. Um, all right, first question, Victoria. What is Max's coffee order? If he drinks uh, coffee, do you know it? Max's coffee order? Well, I don't drink coffee, so like <laughs> I'm never getting it. Like he's always the one that goes and he knows me, he gets me to drink, but I I I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna say, are you listening? Are you listening at the at the cash register? <laughs> no, because so he, he doesn't even go. I don't. I don't. It's, I don't. We drink, got a full full service operation. Over I don't here. drink coffee, so I would right. never just go into a coffee shop and ask Max for his order. It's him. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's I know awesome. hers. Yeah. Yeah. All what's right. hers? What is it? Hers is a venti strawberry refresher. No lemonade, water instead, and no strawberries, which sounds wow. like she's taking out all the goodness. But uh, <laughs> it tastes—I call it a adult Capri Sun. <laughs> okay, yeah, like that sounds healthy, amazing. Yeah, the healthiest yeah. thing you can get from Starbucks. Amazing. All right, one point for Max then. Okay, yeah, Max is up one deal. Okay, <laughs> Max, I'll go to you now. What is Victoria's favorite movie? Her favorite mo- movie is the one with the "If I'm a bird, you're a bird." Um, the Notebook. That is, yeah. That I is, mean, that I, is I, the I, one. I'm Victoria, not, is that right? <laughs> we don't know the don't answer. Know. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that's correct. Oh well, it's so funny that you guys don't know the answers. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, we're like just hoping you guys will be. Yeah, I said that super yeah. confident. I don't know if you have. Uh, yeah, I would say like that's definitely my like quiz game answer. I would have written that on my whiteboard. Love when it. we first started uh, dating, it was like a whole thing that I came to her hometown and we watched that movie in her little bonus room. And it was like Vic was living out her 12-year-old 
dream of watching I, it. I'm such together. a hopeless romantic. And then the love interest in that movie, his name's Noah. There's Noah and Allie, um, played by Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling. Anyways, <laughs> and um, I used to have a playlist on my iPhone called like, Where's My Noah? And it was my like sad love music. That's amazing. Okay. I love that. So that's definitely your favorite movie. Okay, and then Victoria, <laughs> Max, What's his favorite movie? I told you this. Probably sports related, I would imagine. Or I told you this recently. What's his favorite movie? Your you told me recently. Your favorite movie. Um, um, wait, I have a few answers. I gotta talk them through. If we're talking (laughs) holidays, it's Christmas vacation. If we're talking, um, if we're talking, wait, I know that you love the freaking Nick Cage movie. Um, yeah, wait, look, he's smiling. <laughs> What's the movie? It's like a, some some Nicolas Cage, like, figuring out some These puzzle. listeners are going to think I'm crazy for having Nick Cage in here. Um, wait, you know the movie? No, that's I'm- a great movie. I know what movie yeah. you're talking about, but I'm not going to give you the... I mean, I can't tell you. Okay, fine. Um, one of, is it the, yeah, the Nick Cage movie. That's my final answer. That is correct. National Treasure. National Treasure. treasure. I love that movie. (laughs) I want to believe like something, something like that exists. In the declaration. Yeah. We have a weird answer. Not sure if you guess that are like that, that, but um, (laughs) yeah. National, uh, what was it called again? National 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 Treasure. treasure. (laughs) Christmas Vacation. Also great movie. So yeah, all three great movies. Nice work with the, yeah. The notebook too. Got to get that props. Okay. Last one here. Um, where am I going? Back to Victoria, I guess. Okay, Max is handed the aux at a party. What type of music is he putting on? Or a song, genre? What do um, you think? He's going to put on his playlist called Vibes that he's been <laughs> curating for like four months with any good song he likes. Ooh, or I got to give that a follow. Yeah. Max like likes to plan for these moments in life that you get, you know, when you're, when you get the ox, then you're like, oh, I should have a playlist for this. And Max has been creating that playlist. No one has <laughs> handed him the ox, but when it comes. I was going to he's prepared. In my own apartment, uh, but she's <laughs> right. Yeah, I have three playlists. It's Vibes, Chill, and Hip Hop. <laughs> that basically covers covers all the aspects of life. Yeah, vibes. I Max, love that. Max, friends, if you're listening, hand him the ox. Give him a shot. <laughs> give, me the, um, give me the ox. Let me show you what I can do. And then Max, back to you, Victoria. What's uh, what's she rocking in the car? What's she rocking for a party? Uh, this this is uh, this is easy. She's rocking uh, Taylor Swift. <laughs> She's a Swifty. Song, yeah. specific song. I mean, well, check that. Taylor Swift, but if she's like the ox, it's on you to get this party going. It's Levels by Avicii. That's the best song. Oh, but yeah. Easy. That gets any party going. Yeah. I think we like requested at our wedding that they played Levels at least three times. I was like, anytime he gets a little low, just like throw some Avicii out there. Yeah. There's enough remixes to, you know, yeah. keep it fresh. 100%. All right. Yeah, well, and that's our game of uh, how well do you know your partner? Max, I think you you took the dub there. So. There we go. Congrats. Yeah, that, that was that was awesome and cute. Thank <laughs> you for playing along with that. Um, so I kind of wanted to talk a little bit just like, and I think about your relationship and the best way is to go back to the beginning and maybe even kind of into your relationship or if you break it into three parts of like, you know, before you knew each other as you're dating and now being engaged. But I'll kick it to you, Max. When did you know Victoria was the one? Uh, pretty early on. I, I had a fat crush on her long before she was giving me the, uh, the, the time of day. Um, 
but like for real, like knew she was like the one I mentioned, we had those like hometown, we had like hometown dates, uh, like four, <laughs> months, four months into dating that Christmas, I went to her hometown. She went to mine. And I think at that point we're like, yeah, this is, this is legit. This is, this is going to be here for a little while. We met each other's like families and friends and all that. And, uh, so yeah, I would say, I'd like to say when I first saw her, I definitely had a crush on her when I first saw her, but, uh, Four months into dating, I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to marry this girl. You got to tell him the cuter story about <laughs> our first hangout ever. Uh, what? <laughs> the story about when I was coming over for our very first hangout and you looked in the mirror. Oh, oh, yeah. That's the moment. True. Me telling him his yeah. This is the moment love. you fell in love with me. I forgot about that. Yeah, the moment she's talking about, I've always been weird about this in all aspects of life. Like I have this like perspective where I'm always think, like thinking like 10 years down the road. Anyways, I remember uh, before Vic came over for the first time, like we were watching OJ Simpson, like Netflix doc. I like had a moment with myself, just like staring myself in the mirror for like 40 seconds, basically talking about talking to myself about how like, yeah, Brown, you're, you're probably not going to be single again. Like I, I just, just, I just had the itch that like, you know, she was the one. See, and, isn't that and I was cuter? Right. I forgot really about cute. That. I hadn't been asked that in a long time. So yeah. Oh, I love that. That's really, really cute. And so then when, when did you guys start dating in college? Correct. Yep. Going into my, in football terms, redshirt junior year, but I guess like it was senior a, year. And it was uh, right before my sophomore year for me. Yeah. Okay. College sweethearts made it out. And then directly after college, just to get the timeline correct here, did you guys move in together right after college or did you, cause you both obviously live in LA now together, but what yes. was the timeline on that? So we started dating right before my sophomore year of college. And then Max um, transferred for the next school year. So we did long distance my junior and senior year of college. So that's three years, two years long distance. Then he moved to San Diego. So we were kind of like still long distance, but in the same state for like year four. And then like year five, we were finally in the same place, moved in with each other and we're on year six. Long distance. We are uh, very... Yeah, you are. You've been together way longer than us. We were, our Marcus and I's entire relationship was long distance up until this past October. And so we've been married for five months and lived together for seven. How many years have you guys been together? Oh God, how many Coming up on like four. Yeah, it's a long time. Alex, you made it sound like you like just started dating. No, but I I guess it's if you, to be together for four years and only even in the same state for six and we're married, it, 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 long distance was pretty much an entire, our entire relationship. Athletes Unlimited is a network of new professional sports leagues where athletes compete in a fantasy inspired games in lacrosse, basketball, volleyball, and softball. Follow them on social at AU Pro Sports and on their website at AUProSports.com. Did you guys have a lot of friends telling you, like, you should live with each other before you figure things out? Yeah, I mean, every, well, I feel like I was even like that. I was even like, yeah, you got to test the car before you, or before you buy it. Like, but we, honestly, well, quarantine helped a lot. We spent, that was the first time everything kind of shut down and we had spent, what, three months together, no work, nothing really, you know, it really either made it, I feel like quarantine either make or break it through it, you know, but um, I don't know, the older we got, and Marcus actually voiced to me, like, 
randomly because he was in Utah. I was in Maryland. I would visit. And he would kind of express that his parents are um, pretty religious and pretty old school and just don't really believe in couples living together until they're serious and engaged and or married. And my family's a little looser. They're, we, they don't, they had never really raised us on any type of value like that. So I never really thought about it. And then now that we're looking in hindsight, I actually think it was pretty cool to not have done it until afterwards. Cause it, we really had yeah. something like excited to look forward to and, and learn about each other. Totally. Um, that was my plan too, was we were going to wait till we got married um, for some similar reasons, like just the excitement and like family, my yaya, super religious, but it literally, we were in a situation where I had no one to live with and neither right. did he. And we were both in LA and we were like, this is stupid. Like, yeah. I don't want to live at home anymore. I'm just living at your apartment. Like we, so basically a circumstance changed it for us, but um, I totally respect what you guys did. And that was what we thought we'd do. Yeah. I mean, and that, that's the thing is like, there's no right or wrong way. I think every every relationship, which is cool about this podcast and talking to different people, like there's no map and what you guys are doing probably wouldn't work for other people and vice versa. But I also think for me, I definitely needed like a commitment from Marcus before I picked up and moved myself across the country. And, and the commitment was hopefully in a big old shiny ring, you know? That was, was, I just think if I was going to not necessarily give up everything, but change my whole life, I've lived in Maryland my entire life to go somewhere else for, it would be for him. I just needed to know that we had that same like commitment and idea that we were going to be in this for the long haul. But yeah. it's worked out, you know, and we love it. And it's been awesome. But now that we're together, and I'm sure you guys felt this way, like I can't believe we did long distance for as long as we did. Like now I'm like, he leaves for 30 minutes. I'm like, where are you going? What are you doing? <laughs> That's the one thing with long distance. It can be a blessing in disguise because you like know if this person, like if you're willing to totally. do the long distance grind, then that person, you know. Yeah, and you have really you know, great communication well. established. Yeah. And independent. It's a good, good test, I guess you, you could say. Like, because if you're, if you survive long distance, the pandemic's one thing, but, or I guess in terms of like living on top of each other. Yeah. Long distance, that's uh, in a weird way, a good test for sure. Totally. That's actually what um, what my sister had told me when we were kind of deciding whether or not we should really give it a go is she was like, long distance will let you know whether or not it'll work very quickly. Like it'll tell you if it's not going to work or if it is. And and it obviously did. But um, yeah. yeah, so I kind of want to transition into that period, not necessarily long distance, but um, Victoria, you're super open. You came and spoke to us at AU this summer and it was so awesome just to hear your story. Um, and, and I'm so interested in just like your self-development and kind of how you realize a lot in college playing a division one sport at the highest level, dream school, USC, so sick. Um, but you've talked a lot about like performance anxiety and, you know, having to understand yourself, I guess was like, how was Max kind of with you throughout that? Was he because he's probably seen you in all levels of you, right? Like, and obviously we're still on a growth pattern, but I would say like, how was he as a partner in college, you know, obviously strong enough to still be one now, but do you attribute any of your growth to your relationship and to him? Yeah, it's so interesting. And it definitely has a lot of different little parts to it. Um, You know, with my body image and food issues, I feel like without it being a, a big like spoken or gesture that Max did. I think just being in a relationship with someone who unconditionally loves you never makes you feel ashamed of 
how you look, what you eat. Like, you know, I used to be so insecure. Like my arms were too hairy when I was growing up and a boy's not going to like you with hairy arms. And like, you know, just, I think being with someone who you think is amazing and who makes you feel so special and amazing, even when you're not wearing makeup or you don't feel attractive or you don't feel great. Like, I think just having his unconditional love for me was so helpful. And then me being on that own journey with myself, but And that was, and that was pretty much that, you know, it's not like Max was like sending me letters about my body image and like, you know, and I'm not saying he should have done that. I'm just saying having him as a constant anchor was a stepping stone I needed to then do all the other work. And then with like depression and anxiety, it's interesting because, you know, I remember one time I visited Max at Pittsburgh when he was playing his final year there And I was coming from a place where I was so depressed and like just in a really bad place, but I would go see him and like, he was my outlet. And so it's almost like he never, he didn't see me moping around in my lowest because whenever I was with him for like two days or a week, that was like my joy and like brought me out of it. And I remember one time we were at a restaurant and I just kind of, he was asking me how things were back home. And then I started to kind of like, cry at dinner and say like, it's really bad. And like, I don't even know if you know, because I'm so different when I'm with you. Right. That's so interesting. And I think that's really key to what you just said there is like, it's obviously always a personal journey. You do have those people that are stepping stones in your support system that allow you to kind of have that um, safe space. But at the end of the day, like it's you who has to go through it. Yeah. And, and, and oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was like, and Max had his own like wild journey in college as well with football and what he was going through. And so we were both just kind of like there for each other when we could be, but we also recognized that you can't solve the other person's problems. Like you can just be there as support, but that other person has to battle and climb the mountain they're climbing. And you can just stand there letting them know you'll be there at the top, but you can't go out and help them, you know? Totally. When you also don't want them to, because if your whole life you're, you know, dependent on someone else to help you through your issues or, you know, kind of have that codependency, it, it, it isn't good in the long run. Like Max, you, like you said, like the long distance made you guys independent and okay to kind of um, be separate, which I think is so special. Um, but Max, I guess Victoria just touched on it, but was there any other, I guess, has the, have the roles ever been reversed kind of during that time period where you felt like you could relate to her or she was just, you know, a backbone for you or a support system for you? Yeah, always. Um, I don't think there was one event per se. I think just on to, to, to piggyback on this conversation, looking back, it was funny when we first started dating, uh, We the, our big bonding point was over the fact we were both in really intense uh, sports position battles uh, that summer. And that was like, honestly, our icebreaker of, hey, how's it going for you? We're both trying to earn a starting spot. And then when we first started dating, uh, you know, my, my battle and I ultimately getting got benched and whatnot. Like that was super public. And so our like base level was incredibly intense in terms of how we need to like support one another right. and the stakes of where we're at in our journey and whatnot. So it was almost weird a couple of years later when things kind of came back down to a, a, a calm level, so to speak. Um, but no, she's always, uh, always been my anchor. I don't, but I don't think it's like one, well, one specific event per se. It is so wild because if Max and I look at our lives to this point, our, our trenches or our lowest point were at the same time when we got together. So 
And I, we always talk about like, it would be so, it would be so interesting if I'm talking about Max to, to meet a girl when he was in his late twenties and working in real estate and have to say, no, 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 you don't get it. Like I was the player of the year. Like I was supposed to be this and I wasn't, and I lost the spot. I mean, she'd be like having her cocktail, like, but you're a broker. Like she wouldn't get like everything that led him to where he is in life. The same way, Max, I couldn't date someone who maybe didn't understand the grind of what I had to go through. So it's, you know, the timing aligned perfectly for us to kind of catch the back end of like our most important life experiences. It's crazy how timing works. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think like when I always thought about a relationship, I thought about as just like being the best teammate that I could, you know, I think, and that's easy for us to all say as like former athletes or current athletes, you know, like, um, you know, being positive, being encouraging, like being supportive, but to your point, you know, sometimes you just got to be there and just show up and, you know, do what you need to do and, and let your, your, you know, your other teammate or your partner figure out and fight their own battle. So I think that the word you like, I think we're leading to is just like constant support. Um, you know, being, being a cheerleader for Alex, whether she's, you know, playing lacrosse professionally or like being a sports illustrated swimsuit model, like whatever it is, like, I'm going to just be there for you. And if you love doing it, I'm going to support it uh, and be there for you. So that's cool to hear your stories. Yeah. It's really cool. It's also, um, I actually tried to not date athletes for a little bit before Marcus, believe it or not, had to kiss a lot of toads before I met my prince. But um, we actually knew each other for since like senior year of high school, but never dated until post-collegiately. But um, I struggled with that. Well, at first I was like, I don't want to, like, lacrosse is my life. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to date a lacrosse player. Like I want to leave it on the field, um, you know, and be able to enjoy something else. But to your point, Victoria, I've had so many like monumental times in my life that have sculpted me to who I am and, and taught me. And, and I've actually learned a lot about myself in those struggles that it's, it, it's really hard to not have someone that can relate to it. Um, I remember having to like text my dad about like my senior year losing in the national championship, like five years later, like I'm, I'm waking up in the middle of the night sweating, thinking about it, like <laughs> having to like explain to someone that doesn't understand how much it means to you. It's just hard to, to know unless you, in, you guys are lucky that someone else has played at that highest level. And so they understand real, and, and can have that compassion and empathy. I think that's really, really important in a relationship. Yeah. It's, it's funny too, in a relationship, because the flip side is also true. Like Nick's never seen like me have extended periods of success with football. And so that's like kind of the running joke with us is like, I don't know. Like, not that I like suck, but just like, no. she, she can't, she doesn't know like I, all these like I, I, stories and accolades. Like yeah. she was out of the picture. Well, so I wasn't uh, there when Max was like breaking records and like leading his high school team to state championships and every college in the country wanted him. Like I, I tapped in and I thought he was a walk-on. Like I met this tall really? white dude at USC. I was like, oh, your daddy got you on the team. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, even now in daily life, like I'll make like a, a three-pointer on a basketball court or something. And she's like, oh, wow, like nice shot. <laughs> Good I job, like, honey. Like, I, believe it or not, I have at least some athleticism. So. I, and I know he is, but like, you know, it, it is interesting that like I I didn't know he was this big hot shot until we started talking and then people were like, oh yeah, like Max is going to be the starting quarterback. And I was like, what? Like I thought he was one of those other football players I met at the party who like 
told everyone they were on the team, but they like were just in practice. <laughs> you gotta love that though. Like we love a humble king, Max. Like we love, we love someone that doesn't doesn't yeah. come on and talk about how cool they are or you know is too cool for school. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I was gonna say humility is like one of the core principles that I I use a lot. Like when I'm coaching either my high school team or just like trying to live your life that way. And Max, I actually wanted to kind of ask you and talk to you a little bit about just your story and your journey. I think, you know, obviously I was doing a little bit of Instagram stalking today and just like really appreciate the messages and like the honesty behind what you say and what you talk about, because I think there are so many, like a hidden chapter of like college athletics is the three months after you graduate. Um, and it happened to me, you know, I think you, you posted the clip of Tom Brady being like, he got drafted and he was like, Oh, thank God. I don't have to be an insurance salesman now. Like I can do what I love. And I went through the same thing. And I'm sure there's thousands of other athletes that like your career is over. Holy shit. I've been defined by this sport, you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm a quarterback at USC or I'm a lacrosse player at, at North Carolina. Like now who am I without that? So like, you know, I, I'm sure you've delivered this message in, in different ways, but like, what did you learn through that journey about yourself maybe? And like, what would you share with an athlete? You know, we're in the springtime now, we're in May, you know, collegiate careers are coming to an end. Like, what would you say to them maybe if if you could give them some advice? Yeah, on the most basic level, I learned that my life's, believe it or not, not going to suck if, uh, <laughs> if, football, if football doesn't work out. Like, it sounds so crazy, and I mean, you can probably relate to it with, you know, North Carolina lacrosse, USC football, like everyone that goes there thinks they're going to be a first round NFL draft pick. And they think, I mean, I was wired that, hey, if you go and wear a suit to work, that your life must suck and it must be miserable. And like, that was just the mindset that I had. That might sound crazy to most, but yeah. that is what a lot of my teammates have. So just that transition on the most basic level was was tough and something you have to have to work through. And I know I get messages all the time from athletes that, you know, are, are going through that same transition. You mentioned three months. For me, I view it more as kind of three years. And that, that's, that was more so my story. I, you know, decided to hang up the cleats and I went down a marketing path, do some broadcasting, still do that. Now I'm in, I'm in real estate as well. And um, so, I, yeah, I learned that, you know, life is still a long life after football, still a great life after football. And I, I think, my advice for someone going through that, uh, that stage is, um, this is more kind of tactical rather than philosophical, but go with high upside, uh, jobs and moves. Uh, I was a guy that moved across the country and in hindsight, I'm like, why did I do that? Like I I had a girlfriend, I could have easily just gone down and be a real estate broker in LA. Like that would have been fine. But I had that itch at that point to, to go across the country. And for me, I think it was a good mental switch to, um, get out of football. I think there's something to be said if you um, still stay in the same area that you train and whatnot, that it can really wear on you in that regard. So yeah. for me, moving out, doing something new was a, was a fresh start. And I took jobs that had high upside, minimal security. They were uh, working for some some bigger names in the marketing world for minimum wage, but you can do that at 23, 24. Right. A lot harder to do that at 27, 28. So that's always my advice and keep tasting different things as athletes because it's a really weird double standard when you're in it. We praise the Mamba mentality of being, hey, you're all in on football, all in on lacrosse. But then when guys are done with that, then we wonder, oh, how can they not transition? Well, because we praise a certain mindset. Now you're asking guys to totally shift. It's hard, um, yeah. but definitely something you can you can work through. 
Athletes Unlimited is bringing fans closer to the game with the Unlimited Club. You'll receive all the latest news and updates in the palm of your hand. Stream digital games, unlock special access, and more. Join for free today by downloading the Athletes Unlimited app available in Google Play and Apple App Stores. That's um, a really good point and kind of when you guys were speaking earlier, just there's so many parallels to what you guys are doing right now and how you guys have met in your relationship, but also like both of you playing team sports, but to what you just said, Max, like most of the time, if you're a successful athlete, like you're pretty self-centered, right? Like you, all you think about is yourself, not so much on the field or on the court, but like you're thinking about your body, your recovery, what you're putting in your body, who you're surrounding yourself with, like your own brain all the time. Do you guys find like both playing team sports? I, I have never played volleyball and I don't really watch volleyball. So I don't know. I know that it's pretty individual, but also very much so a team. Like, how do you guys handle kind of being so in your own head, in your own life, but also like, has it helped you being a part of team sports that have been successful? Like has playing a team sport kind of helped you deal with that side effect of being playing at such a high level? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I say outside of my parents, uh, parenting football is by far the biggest teacher in my life by far. And it's so much of it is the, the, the team aspect. I'm on a, a real estate team now in my life. I think, um, you know, all, all those lessons in terms of having to get along with people from different walks of life, right. having to earn your stripes and, you know, that whole mentality, um, 100%, uh, team sports played, played a role. It's funny though, cause I'm, I'm hesitating a little bit cause, uh, her older brother, my soon to be brother-in-law is, was a big golfer and he's obviously the exact opposite of team sports. Right. Yeah. And I look at his sporting, um, career. He's a pro golfer, um, as, oh, that would be interesting to be like on your own Island and have to, you know, a lot of those internal battles that maybe I wasn't forced to deal with as a team, uh, team sport athlete, he's forced to head on uh, to, for, to, to face it head on every single day. So a little bit of, of, of both sides to it. Totally. Good I have a lot it. of respect for individual athletes. A lot yeah. of respect. Uh, great book. Before I kick it to you, Victoria, great book is Andre Agassi's autobiography. It's called Open. Incredible. He goes into detail. It's a long book, and he talks about his entire journey of just being a solo athlete. Like, you're out on the tennis court. It's all you. <laughs> like, in football, at least, like, if you make a mistake, hey, it's all right. We got the next play, but like in tennis, if you mess up, it's literally all your fault. Right. Um, but yeah, Victoria, any thoughts just like team sports and, and your mindset with that? Um, yeah, you know, I feel like just having to have close relationships with people that you might not otherwise choose to in your normal life, but you have to figure out how to way to work together towards this common goal. Um helps a ton when you do choose your teammate and you draft one person and you do love them and you like them and then you have to problem solve, you know, it's like way easier than having to work through that on teams where like not everything clicked. So yeah, I just second everything you guys have been saying about um, those dynamics, setting you up for more success with relationships in your life. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I feel like, so this is kind of definitely going to be like a 180, but because we're kind of speaking about the positive of team sports and, but I know, um, Victoria, you started the hidden opponent, which is freaking awesome. And I just think that, you know, there's a lot of education and a lot of, um, 
I would say there's a lot of people talking about mental health right now, which is great in team sports, because as much as it is a team sport, you voice it all the time. Like it does kind of feel like you're alone at times. Like it is a pressure cooker situation. And I coach, um, you know, youth, middle and high school right now. And I'm seeing a huge shift in the amount of pressure that these young girls put on themselves. I'm unsure if it's more than I did. I don't know, but it just feels like it's a lot right now. And I guess my question to you is with, you know, your work on the hidden potent, like, do you have a reason, is there any reason in what's going on right now that why it's kind of feels like it's increasing or is it just that we're hearing about it more and people are more confident, openly speaking about it? You know, I think we're in a crisis, like undeniably. And it's just so sad. I mean, every single day, not knowing what the headline's going to be or what you're going to hear. And, you know, at some point you think, well, what's the solution? Like, what can we do to make this different, um, to provide more support? Um, You know, it's heartbreaking. And I also resonate with the struggle because we, I've experienced it as you guys have too. So, it's tough. And also like on a completely separate, but related note, when I went through my own mental health issues, it was a lot. And I'm so grateful to be on the other side of that. And there's a big part of me that wants to be exactly that on the other side of it. And I've really had to like, think about my platforms and what I talk about and what I can continue to talk about and keep a good mental headspace and what brings me joy in the morning. And I started to recognize like, yes, I founded the hidden opponent and I love it. And I'm, and I want to keep championing that and building that community. However, I don't think I'm able to wake up every single day and have to recall that experience that I had. So, you know, I've been limiting speaking engagements. I've been evolving my content into things like Max and Taylor Swift and my outfits because I'm not an athlete anymore. And I don't want to talk about performance anxiety. And I don't always want to talk about my depressive episode. Right. So, you know, it's complicated. And then there are people who can, there are people who spend their whole lives you know, storytelling and recounting their trauma. And it's so helpful and it's so inspiring and it's amazing. And, and then I feel bad, like, well, should for the rest of my life, when I'm 40, am I going to be a student athlete, mental health advocate? I don't know. Um, So, you know, there's a lot that I think about in terms of it, but sorry, I started with just the general crisis facing the world. And then I kind of shifted to like, you know, what comes up for me personally, when people DM me like, Hey, did you see this? Did you see this? It's like, it's heavy. Like it'll shut yeah. me off for the entire day crying about these, these poor athletes who are losing their lives. Yeah, it is heavy. It's very deep. And I think it's important to note that you are also human and yes, you're so inspiring, but you have to set boundaries for yourself. And, and it's, it's really powerful to hear you say that you are like, self, you know, regulating, but also like just checking in and making sure like at the end of the day, yes, this is your job and you're putting in a a lot of hard work for people and, and for yourself, but you know, you got to be able to wake up and go to sleep and protect your, you know, your peace as well. So kudos to doing that. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to turn it so deep. (laughs) No, it's all good. Got to protect the, protect the brain. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. 
Um, okay, well, we can transition back to you two. I love, love, love all of the Taylor Swift content. It's like my favorite thing in the world and all of the different, um, just showing how cute you guys are together in your relationship. I think um, how open you are about a post you guys had about, or sorry, Victoria had about um, just setting boundaries in like a safe space with eating and like body image and stuff like that. I know we touched on it a little bit earlier, but I guess like, have you always been that way, Victoria? Have you always been like, I don't want to talk about this kind of stuff or put up those barriers? Or was it kind of later as you started to like understand what your triggers were? Or has Max always just been a precious gem of a man that just never asked you about things that you, that don't make you comfortable? Well, I communication is huge. And I, I recently have been, you know, learning more about boundaries. And I did uh, actually a real pod episode on my show about this with a psychologist. And with boundaries, I think we often view it as like, I'm putting up a wall and this is my boundary and don't you dare cross it. And then it gets kind of tricky because it's like, okay, well, what if someone's just like, this is my boundary. And it's like, okay, but you're also the problem. So we need to talk this through, right? Like boundaries kind of get a bad rap. And boundaries actually themselves are like communicating a need. And for me, like I would never say I set up a boundary with Max, but technically I did when I communicated, hey, I need to know that in our space together, you are not going to judge me for what I eat. Right. And I just, I need that because if, if I don't have that, And we have dinner and then 30 minutes later, when I want a bag of popcorn, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I can't get popcorn because Max is going to think you just ate this huge dinner. And why are you eating popcorn? He's going to say something. (laughs) And then I'm sitting there on the couch, not letting myself get popcorn. And then I'm starting to get my restrictive eating habits back. And then I'm going to eat the popcorn when he goes to bed. And then it's like starting this unhealthy pattern. So I needed to say like, if I just need you to not comment or judge how I eat and And if there, and and there's a fine line because when I went to the doctor recently and uh, to figure out like my hormones and my period, um, you know, this doctor suggested maybe like limiting dairy intake, which long story short, this isn't the correct thing to do. But, you know, Max and I had a conversation because yeah, he wants me alive. Like we're making a commitment to be here for each other. And if a doctor ever told me, you know, eating this food is going to be harmful for you in whatever way, you know, Max is like, you know, he's like, I, I don't want to, I'm not just going to let you like smoke cigarettes every day. Right. right, that right, right. So we've had conversations where I'm like, I totally understand. And you need to know that I want to be healthy and I want to be alive and I want to do all these things. And I'm taking note of that. And like, I'm, I'm on it. So, and, and also with working out, like, Max works out all the time. He's really good with that. I am not. Um, and I've told him before, cause I think he is extra sensitive about like what he can and can't say to, to me. Um, so I've told him, I'm like, babe, if you think I'm kind of a lazy piece of shit and like <laughs> work out more, like tell me like, and it's, and I know it's not coming from a place of like, you need to change your body, babe, get on the treadmill. It's him saying like, babe, we're in our twenties. Like, come on, like, let's let you, let's, go to the gym with me, do this workout class with me for the sake of like, you have this blessed body that you right. can like, utilize. And so I told him, I was like, babe, you can definitely tell me if you think I need to be more active because I know that's coming from a different place. So we just communicate. Um, and I also think it's important not to like lash out at your partner either. You know, Max always says to me as if I don't know, he's like, 
He's like, babe, I love you. I'm like, I know. Like, you know, you just have to communicate or you have to remember that your partner hopefully loves you and only wants the best for you. So if they say something that upsets you, they're not trying to hurt you. You just say like, you communicate, hey, you know, this made me feel some type of way. And then they clarify and you talk about it. So, I mean, the long answer was, yeah, it's complicated, but I've I've said what I need. We've talked about the different things that that entails. Um, I've also told him like, you know, feel free to tell me if you think I should be coming to the gym with you because I'm not working out because it's not good for my, just not good to not be active, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think it's a good point of communication and also just like, it's not like what you said, putting up a boundary this is exactly what you can and can't do. It's a conversation. Like you need to, like he's allowed to ask questions and say, okay, well does, of course, maybe not commenting on your body is what you don't want, but yeah, suggesting maybe you're active just so your health and you can, you know, still show that you got it. You can sprint. And he never did that, but I was kind of like, um, I need it. I'm like, can you hype me up a little bit? Like, can you just tell me to get into the gym? I feel like like you're giving yourself your own direction. I initiated it. I was like, babe, I need a little bit of that teamness of like, get your ass up and get to the gym with me. Like, otherwise I'm not going. (laughs) No, yeah. And it's a good way to have an accountability. We just did like a little, I mean, I love cooking and I really enjoy, um, you know, trying to fuel my body correctly, not restrictively, but I love like flavors and making it as tasty as possible and spicy as possible. And Marcus, if he didn't have me, he would eat cereal and scrambled eggs every night. Not saying there's anything wrong with that, but like I needed a little bit more of a rainbow of a palate instead of just that. And it's been cool to actually have someone to like lean on and do it with and get excited about like cooking new recipes and, 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 you know, to bounce ideas off of instead of just kind of doing it on your own or, or for like, I probably would order up instead of cooking every single night if it was just cooking for myself. So it's nice to kind of have a someone to do it with. So I get it. Yeah. yeah. That's a uh, misconception too with the intuitive eating component of, uh, of Vic that she speaks on a bunch is it's not like she's sitting here just like pounding pizzas every night. Like, no, right. she'll stop when, you know, she's, uh, what's the word? Satisfied. <laughs> um, well, it's cute sure, there, might be, there might be some nights where we like go in on like pizza or whatever, but that is, I can tell in Vic's content, a misconception that I would almost say really? the majority of people have is that, you know, we're just going in. If you're an intuitive night. eater, yeah. you're not eating nutritious food, right? That's like the misconception. Yeah. But it's cute because I I feel like I've rubbed off on Max a little bit where he'll be like, you know, I'm really craving this. And then he'll go eat it. And I'm like, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> you listen to your body. I love it. Yeah. That's interesting. You say that about intuitive eating. Cause I don't think that I think, um, a lot of people just I, I, think I, they I don't trust themselves. Vic, I push Vic to like post when you have a salad. Cause I don't think people realize that like, Hey, you craved a salad at, on right. Monday at 1 PM. Like right. urge happened, um, which I get the fine line and, the sensitivity on, on both sides, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. That is really interesting. My if Marcus intuitively ate, uh, he would eat pastries and donuts and he's a sweet tooth, like crazy at every I, single meal. I said before I, I could eat dessert uh, for three meals a day. I could have like a pastry in the morning. I'd have like a piece of like cake, you know, for lunch. And Are you like, one of those guys that can do that and then not look like any different? Uh, oh no, eat? like, no, it'll catch up to me. And uh, well, he I'll, works, Marcus works very, very hard. He no, trains but, very, very hard. <laughs> what I was going to say is Alex, you guys are talking about dairy and stuff like Alex doesn't let me eat dairy because she knows that the entire house will stink. 
He's uh, so lactose intolerant. <laughs> like it's not a, not to get gross on this, but like it, he he'll just. Have it took like me like thirty years to figure ache. this out. Yeah, you thought oh it, was just, it was just part of the deal? Like, yeah. 100%. He's like, no, this is just, I get gassy at night. And then I'm like, I'm wondering why his old roommate would call him stink. Now I live with him. I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's because you're literally stinky. Like, yeah. you're disgusting. Uh, that's Vic's roommates called her yeah. that, too. So, yeah. No, <laughs> but then I was like, yeah, I should probably, you know, maybe I'll start exploring vegan ice cream. So I have, and, you know, definitely doesn't quite... Satisfy the like H- Halo Top, they still yeah. Still- Halo yeah. Top, there's like a couple. I don't know Swedish companies or something, but yeah, yeah. That's cool that you guys are rubbing off on each other though, and that Max, you are just conscious of it, you know, because you love her. I think that's the important part. It's like in a relationship, is it really does come? It, I find it's a lot less what you're saying, but like how you're saying it and where it's coming from. Um, I, w- I wasn't and- always perfect though. There, uh, there was one incident where I was trying to be funny and made a joke about one of her, uh, the food she used to like binge with. Um, and I thought I was, yeah, I thought I was being funny and just nailing the joke. And I got, I got ripped into that. Hey, that, uh, that doesn't apply. <laughs> it was Message funny received. when I made the joke and then he made it like a week later and I was like, no, no, no. No one else gets <laughs> to say the joke. Yeah. Not at all. There's like moments I look back on of like, hey, when did my relationship with you around food change or progress? That, that was, was like one the them. one time. <laughs> You're like on December 5th, ago. 2019. Hey, don't forget that. You don't forget that. <laughs> Hey, he's a quick learner. I love it though. Max is here to learn. I love that. It's amazing. No, I mean, and it's, it's, you respect Victoria and obviously know what she's gone through. And I think that's really important to not walk on eggshells, trust each other, but, you know, listen and learn. And, and I think that's a valuable lesson that a lot of people can take uh, towards whatever anyone's struggling with. Yeah. We had, it's funny you say that. I mean, Marcus is the most caring, best teammate ever, but we struggled at the beginning a little bit with his um, empathy. It was just not, I, and I wouldn't, it wasn't like he had zero empathy, but I was going through a death and um, Marcus fortunately has just never gone through one yet or not yet, you know? And um, it was like a tough conversation to have because it's, how do you explain to someone what you're going through that doesn't, hasn't physically felt it? You know, it's, it's, it's yeah. you kind of have to figure out within you what it is you're going through and put it into words. One of the topics we used to fight on early on was, and it's classic. I hear this in like every couple's podcast, I feel like, is the guy trying to coach the uh, the female out of the problem, like fix yeah. the problem rather than have empathy for like where right. they were at. And that was something I had to, had to grow through. And we had multiple well, fights on that. You don't yeah. you don't know how to be there for someone in a situation that you haven't experienced. Totally. You just don't know. And so you need to have the awareness to then say, like, I don't know and I can't know. So how what do you need from me? Yes. Like, and that, and then it's also on the person suffering to say, I need you to do these things. Totally. It's unfair to also be like, you should just know, like, I expect you to do this. It's like, some people will say, I mean, I want you to call me every day at noon and just check in on me. Or I don't want you to bring it up because it's hard for me. Like, you know, it's always like the one person having to genuinely be like, help me. How do I support you? And the other person saying, this is what I need. And like, be truthful. Like Max was big influence for me on like not playing games and not expecting them to read your mind. Like you have to communicate and say, this is what I need. Um, yeah. And what, what, I want from you. Otherwise, like, how are they going to know? 
But uh, I think too, like now I'm now we're in therapy. I'm like another thing we butt heads on. Guys <laughs> are like, great, this is where we want to bring you. Um, Max is super optimistic and just like super optimistic and doesn't get down easily. And so I'll She's like, it's super annoying because I want to just be Grumposaurus over here. I get it. Yeah. No, Victoria, I get it. Like, literally. And it's to the point where like, I used to be a sad in the beginning of the relationship when I realized like, if I have a problem, like, and I call Max, like he's, he's not necessarily always making it better. Like so she calls the person that just makes it way worse. No. Buys into the issue. And it's like, Oh yeah, they're the words. That's, oh yeah. That's like, yeah, that's not true. I guess I'm saying like Max is, uh, just doesn't like know how to console me all sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So I'll like, I'd rather call my best friend and yeah. then I call Max after. But at least, you know, that I used to say, go ahead, Max. I would say this is something. Yeah, we've we've had 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 to work through me being more empathetic to that, and it's also I'm not like a the sun is always shining type of dude. But another thing is, but you're not. But you like Max prides himself on being a yes man and never like really having a weakness and being down for anything. But as a result, he will just kind of keep riding the wave even when like he does need a break or he's not great or he blah, blah. And literally I was so proud of him because a few weeks ago he basically came home. I didn't realize this, but for like a week straight, he'd come home from work and I had a problem and I was talking about the problem and the drama in my life. And, and I didn't realize I was doing this every single night. And then one night Max came home and like said, I forget what he said exactly, but he basically was like, babe, you're like trauma dumping and I just want to relax for an hour. Yeah. I just got home from work. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. I was like, I, I thought about the past three nights. I just talk his ear off about these issues and the poor guy just wants to relax on the couch. And so he said to me, you're emotionally dumping and I need, I don't want that when I get home. I'm happy to be there for you when you need it, but it's unexpected. I'm not prepared. And this is my rest time. That is, I mean, that's great that he could say that to you. I know Marcus is, and I've had very similar conversations. Marcus is um, very stoic, which I love because I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fiery. I'm pretty high and lows. I definitely live life. um, You know, I go up and down. Um, But I remember one time I just, my sister and I were talking and I was complaining. I wasn't complaining about him, but I was just like, he won't talk shit with me. He's so reasonable. And she was like, you're complaining that a guy is reasonable? That's like the best thing in the world. I'm like, yeah. He, he, and he does a great job of diffusing me. But to your point, it's not his main job. And he shouldn't have to diffuse me every single day because it, it does take a toll on the person. Welcome to the Positivity Club, Max. I'm, I'm here for it. Glass half <laughs> full, baby. Yeah. I'm positive too. I am. But sometimes, I, I know you both are, Victoria. I know you are too. Look at that smile. Sometimes I need... You know, I need a good vent sesh. I need someone to <laughs> dogpile with me. Right. <laughs> uh, yes, you do. Um, well, I want to be yeah. cognizant of your guys' time. This has been awesome. Um, I guess we can leave with a little... What are you most... Well, I want to ask about the wedding just because I'm obsessed with wedding talk and I we just got married. But what are you guys... If, as much as you can spill, what are you most excited about within these next few months of whether it's planning or the big day, what are you looking forward to? We got the, we got the bachelor and the bachelorette party Ooh, here. Yeah, that'll hey. be really fun. I'm excited for that. Same same weekend, different spots, but same weekend. Um, Smart doing it on the same weekend. 
Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, so I think that we're excited about. And then... Um, yeah, what about the wedding, the wedding day? I'm yeah. excited for my morning hug. Um, so every morning, Max is just so cute. And he like, you know, gives me... He loves me up in the morning. And on the wedding day, I just feel like I don't want to have to avoid seeing him until 5 p.m. And while we won't spend the night before the wedding together in the same room, I definitely want him to come over and say a little good morning and give me a hug. And then I'll see him at the altar. That's really sweet. That's what you're you're looking forward to the most. Yeah. Yeah, That's that's incredible. Yeah. We we did it. We did a first look as well. And it, it was great. I would recommend it. Just, it just eased all the nerves. We, we had to go like half a day, so we didn't do it. I think until like one or 2 PM, but um, it definitely, it was great because I, I couldn't imagine the first time seeing Alex in her dress, like at the altar. Like I, I feel like I would have fainted or passed out. So like, that's the goal. Easy. That's why we're waiting. I need I him to faint, yeah, cry, she, cry, out. cry, just sobbing like up. a baby up there. Yeah. Throw up. <laughs> <laughs> throw up. Put my pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just burping and shitting your pants. Yeah. Like this is not cute. This has gone from cute to just like an emergency. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm so excited for you yeah. guys. Enjoy these last few months um, in, you know, this engaged men. It's it honestly only gets better. Being married is freaking amazing, and it's it's really fun. And um, I wish you guys the absolute best. Yeah, and I just I just want to say too, like I, we just appreciate listening to you guys and and hearing you. And thanks for being open and sharing. And like, you know, I think getting married is like about growing, and it's cool to see how like open you guys are to growth, like not only within yourselves but just like within your relationship. Like it's just you know I appreciate you, and and it's fun to talk to couples like you who like you know, I don't want to say take their relationships seriously. That sounds kind of weird, but like, you know, are like introspective about how they can be a better partner and like how they can be a better team. So like, that's always, you know, refreshing to hear. So we appreciate your guys' input. Yeah. Thank you both. Thanks for having I us. I was thinking the same about you both. I love just when couples like make sense and you're like, they got what we got and I'm happy for them, you know? <laughs> I feel that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Love Thank it. Thank you guys. Thank you. Yeah, Alrighty. thank you.